0: to the October edition of the Waterlog Podcast. My name is Dan Ginolfi.
1: And I'm Howard Marlowe.
0: Thanks very much for tuning in. And as always, thanks very much to the American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today for hosting us. On today's episode, we're going to talk about whether the bipartisan infrastructure package is dead, the $28.6 billion disaster aid package that Congress approved for Louisiana and other states, the beginning of Flood Risk 2.0 for the National Flood Insurance Program a major oil spill off the coast of California, and more on what we can expect from Congress as it looks to raise the debt ceiling and provide appropriations for the Corps of Engineers and other various agencies over the next few months. Let's get started. As part of the uh, continuing resolution to keep the government funded through December 3rd, Congress also approved $28.6 billion in disaster relief for Louisiana and other states for 2020 storms Delta and Zeta and Hurricane Ida on August 29th. Of that amount, $5.68 billion for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and of that amount, $3 billion would be used to accelerate flood and uh, flood and storm risk reduction projects, and just over $2 billion would be used to repair disaster-related damages. Now, of the remaining funding, roughly $10 billion will go towards helping farmers uh, recover crop losses from drought, wildfires, and hurricanes. Uh, the bill also reauthorized the NFIP until December 3rd. $5 billion for the Housing and Urban Development uh, Department Communities Development Fund for major disasters that occurred in 2020
1: and 2021. And then we also have $2.6 billion for the Department of Transportation, reimbursements to states and territories to repair damages, to roads and bridges caused by natural disasters, $1.36 billion for the U.S. Forest Service to address damages caused by natural disasters. Another $1.2 billion for the Small Business Administration's disaster loan program. $565 million for the Navy to repair facilities that were damaged by the storms in 20 and 21. And finally FEMA got $50 million for the Hazard Mitigation Performance Grant Program. And also got a great deal, a Christmas present, got all of its billions of loans that it already has on the books forgiven. Nada, no debt. So the same continuing resolution also provided a variety of federal agencies with funding that's related to the wildfires, the hurricanes, but including NOAA, which uh, got almost $92 million.
0: This is a lot of money, and there are other funding bills that are coming through.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're throwing a lot of numbers out here, And they're both numbing to us as well as to our our listeners, I know. But the fact is that, one, disasters cause a lot of damage. Um, And I was reminded that the, you know, we always see it in the newspapers in terms of the flooding and the wildfires and the immediate damage. Recovery is huge. And a lot of that is not necessarily dollars because a lot of things are People putting their lives back together and businesses back together. But it's very costly. So that's a large part of it. Plus, we've got other things that we're talking about today that are also, you know, a lot of money. Some things we've talked about before that are a lot of money. So, yeah, very expensive.
0: Those are natural disasters. But I want to talk about NFIP. But while we're on the subject of disasters, I want to talk about another one, which is the oil spill that occurred Um, off the coast of Orange County, California. If you haven't heard yet, about 126,000 gallons of crude oil uh, mixed with other toxic solvents um, spilled off the coast of Orange County. Uh, Cleanup crews are working hard to prevent oil and other contaminants from reaching inner marshes and wetlands, uh, but some has already penetrated some of the skimmers and other technologies that are being used to control the spill. Take a look. It's pretty nasty. Um, If you'd like to donate or just want more information, uh, visit surfrider.org. Back to the NFIP and risk rating 2.0, the new insurance premiums taking effect this month apply only to newly written NFIP NFIP policies. The far bigger change will occur next April 1st, uh, when the new rates will be applied as policyholders renew their NFIP policies. Now, there have been over two dozen proposals from members of Congress on reforms and limitations on increases, among other things, but none of those have really gone anywhere.
1: No, and... and You know, this is a kick the can down the road. We've talked about it for the last couple of years on this podcast. National flood insurance program needs to be reformed more than the rates. The underlying program itself needs to be reformed. The last time Congress did that several years ago, it then reversed itself within two years because of everybody says, no, 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 you can't raise my premiums. So, yes, NFIP 2.0 raised premiums, but there's underlying issues, and either Congress has got to decide to tackle them or it has got to do, what, just hang up the, sh- the shingle and say, okay, we're just going to let the mess go on the way it is and not have a program that reflects 21st century needs.
0: People are living in risky areas. And there's a cost to that. I yeah. think I pretty much say the same thing every time we talk about NFIP.
1: You, you could just go back and repeat the same things we said. Prior to Katrina, most of the uh, outflow from the um, payments pe- post disaster were inland. Now, most of them are coastal, but the wildfires are huge. Flooding is huge. There's a lot of at risk areas that people are living in. The more our population increases, it really is becoming more of a problem. You just really can't find too much of a place that you can go that is not at risk and might still have some water that you can drink other than the desert. So, you know, what are you gonna do? So
0: That's a waiting game. I mean, we have till December third, till they have to reauthorize it again. And this would be I mean, we're almost into
1: 20, 21 times? You know, they're just going to kick the can down the road. So They're not going to do anything to do anything other than say we're going to reauthorize. I don't know why they don't still have the guts to say we're going to reauthorize it until 2030 or something like that. You know, give themselves some time to actually get the guts to do something or, as I said, you know, just give up. Now, you know, we can go into a lot of things right now that get into the same category. We're going to talk about debt ceiling infrastructure, and appropriations, the latter of which I think we might have some hope on. But and we're on, both
0: of which include a lot of money for the Corps oh, of Engineers.
1: Huge, huge, absolutely. So, and, and incidentally here, when we get to the debt limit, here this affects a lot of people, including my Social Security payment. <laughs> so, folks, let's pay attention, because the government can't pay interest on outstanding debt It can't issue any new bonds as of October 18th. And that all happens because the statutory debt limit is reached. Not so uh, incidentally, they also can't issue my Social Security payments, anybody's Social Security check, uh, refunds. I got this note that said I'm entitled to a refund. shows you that my income has gone down, (laughs) you know, (laughs) finally down to the point where you can get a tax refund. A lot of Americans are getting tax refunds as a result of the uh, earlier ARPA? I can't remember what the proper yeah. thing. Is mm-hmm. yep. that it? Yep. So, um, initially, the Democrats wanted to have a debt limit raise con- resolution by itself. Then they stepped back for that and said, well, we're not going to do that. Well, they're in a real mess now. They have to come to agreement with the Republicans and, and on by October 18th to avoid a financial crisis that is really... More than just the financial crisis that we usually talk about. Because here the point is that the full faith and credit of the United States is behind all sorts of bonds. Everything from bonds that individuals hold, but mostly that other major countries, major investors have put their money into. And everybody believes that the government will always come and honor that debt, and we have. And we have a strong economy. A lot of people, according to the Treasury Department, still want to buy our bonds. Lord knows why, because they've got to be looking at the fact that from January 6th, when we have people invade our capital, to today, when we can't even extend our debt limit, which means that we can't pay the interest on in our debt, why would you want to invest? Now, I'm not encouraging people to, you know, we're going to have a run on the... Uh, I don't know what, what market you go to on this, but I'm sure it's the stock market one way or another. So since the Democrats can't has decided they can't introduce a, uh, a dead-only on you know, vote on that, they have tried to tie it to other things. So Congress is tied. The word tied ought to come up here a lot because it's tied in knots, tied itself up in increasing problems. Democrats can't come to agreement amongst themselves on whether to suspend the debt limit because that's a possibility. You could say, oh, we have no debt limit. We don't need to have a debt limit. Nothing in the Constitution says we have to have a debt limit. So, could suspend it, but they can't come to agreement on that. Then they can't come to agreement on if they're going to increase it. How how much do you increase it by? How long do you increase it? Is it another December 3rd? Could be. Can't come to agreement on that. So, therefore, they come to the next problem. Why are they having a problem? Because the Republicans don't want to agree to any debt limit increase. Usually when Democrats say yes and Republicans say no, then the ones in charge try to get the ones who are not in charge, the Democrats are in charge, try to get the Republicans who are not in charge to say, okay, what's your price? What do you want? You're saying no. No, but you want uh, Joe Biden to resign? I mean, what do you want? (laughs) Mitch McConnell, leader of the Republicans in the Senate, says no. What do you want? No. (laughs) Just does nothing. He's nothing. And, you know, he's counting on the fact that everybody's going, to look, everybody's going to look on this and say, well, it's chaos, which it is.
0: Oh, and who's in charge?
1: Who's in charge? The Democrats.
0: Oh, so it must be their fault. It
1: must be their fault, despite the fact that I, who have 50 votes here in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, that is, as opposed to Chuck Schumer, who has 50 votes, it's 50-50, folks, but 51 because he's got the vice president. So he's more in charge. But McConnell is just saying uh, no. And so he's going to say, oh, it's your fault that I'm saying no. And you can't do anything. Well, I don't know how long that's going to go on. Now, the giant elephant in the room, as opposed to the little elephant, which we'll get to a little bit later. Giant elephant is called the Build Back Better Act. I think there's if anybody watched Saturday Night Live this week, they somebody did a joke which I can't repeat here, not because I it has any bad words in it, but because I don't do jokes well. But basically, says you know the president has a stutter and said, for a guy who has a stutter to name something Build Back Better Act is kind of you know weird. Anyway, it's known as the Biden proposal. It's known as the reconciliation bill. And really has a lot of other names. So, as proposed, that's the $3.5 trillion package that someday, some Dems say is too expensive. Some Dems say is doesn't provide enough money for climate change. It doesn't. Other needs, it doesn't provide enough. And Republicans who just say no. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That's four letters. Let's stick with two. No. So... So the package also would allow the federal government to negotiate drug prices for Medicare recipients. I want to point out something here, being a Medicare recipient. I, I, I buy insurance. My insurance for pharmaceuticals, for drugs, is doubling. Not just because it's me, it's because my policy for everybody uh, who's buying the same policy. You do have choices of policies under Medicare for ins- insurance extra insurance, because other than that, the deductibles is increasing, the prices, it's just the price for insurance increasing. So I just want to add that I am for being letting the government negotiate drug prices. That's editorial. Uh, but all of those things are bringing a lot of disagreement uh, among people. The pharmaceutical industry, incidentally, uh, has has put a giant TV blitz of ads on that, uh, a lot of money being blitzed as well. Uh, that means campaign finance contributions. So Democrats are just dis- in disagreement over that provision. So that brings us to the little elephant, the infrastructure bill. The infrastructure bill was fat, uh, bipartisan bill, it was passed several weeks ago by the Senate. The House was supposed to vote on by December 20th, but they weren't able to get enough Democratic votes to pass it because there are some Democrats who want the reconciliation bill that we just talked about, the $3.5 trillion, to be passed before they'll vote for the infrastructure bill. And again, the margin for Democrats is so slim in the House that nothing can be done without getting unanimity among Democrats. By and large, the Republicans are saying no in the House as well. So, the Senate infrastructure package contains $47 billion over five years to improve the nation's flood defense defenses, relocate homes from risky areas, plus limit damages from wildfires, and also develop new sources of drinking more water in areas that are plagued by drought. So, we've been over uh, and have a sep- uh, separate um, a piece that we put on our waterlog page about the infrastructure bill, but obviously there is a lot that we need, a lot of public support for both the things that are in the reconciliation bill and definitely in the infrastructure package, and none of them is going anywhere right now. And incidentally, I don't know. I've used a lot of incidentally's today. (laughs) I'm not sure just how soon any of this is going to be resolved. I don't don't know whether we can get that all resolved by um, December 31st.
0: Well, let's look at the debt limit issue first, mm-hmm. because that's got to be
1: it's gotta something be fixed has to happen
0: by October eighteenth. But guess who's not home?
1: The House is out. <laughs> In our constitutional system of government, Republican system of government, that is representative system of government, you need two houses to agree on legislation. One of them has a little trouble doing that because they're out until
0: the nineteenth.
1: <laughs> So we may go bankrupt. Or for de- just for a day? Yeah. Let's hope it's only for a day. <laughs> you know, it's another crisis in government by crisis, which I, it just troubles me.
0: But for more information on uh, core funding and appropriations, we've got a recent post on our Waterlog uh, page, waterlog.net. Uh, it's called What's at Stake for the Corps of Engineers. So go ahead and check that out. Um, I want to finish off with a, a short discussion about floodgates, uh, the, the core... Uh, about a week or so ago, had uh, a public meeting on the New Jersey Back Bay study. Um, reduced the total number of flood. If you didn't know, there were uh, how many how many floodgates total were proposed for the for New Jersey?
1: Six, as I recall.
0: Six. Okay, and it's down down now to three. Okay. Um, Barnegat Inlet, um, Ocean City, and, and one uh, other Manasquan. In- oh, okay. Manasquan Inlet. Um, now there's still some other. Uh, there's still work they're doing on the on the Back Bay side in terms of culverts and and redirecting the flow of Back Bay waters, but it's nothing nearly as substantial as you know six massive floodgates that we were seeing before. But um, all that information is out there uh, for you to take a look at. Um, I think they're
1: proposing, you know, or at least recommending, that homes be raised in the like.
0: About 18,000 homes yeah. be raised, um, and then there's similar projects going on in Miami, uh, Texas, Charleston, Nassau County in New York. I mean.
1: Yeah, and I also, think floodgates the floodgates are
0: coming, it sounds like.
1: New York um, Harbor itself. Yeah. So, the question is where's the money going to come for that?
0: Right. This is gonna be, these are going to be massive, yeah, multi billion dollar projects. Well, we'll be project, talking about so. that
1: more in the future podcast. So.
0: Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys back in November.
1: From the bottom of the Marianas Trench, this is ASPN, the American Shoreline Podcast Network. News for the pelagic-minded.